sudden fast And just like they say Nothing good ever lasts We'll go on now and kiss it goodbye but Hey, hey, you're listening to Johnny's Secret Stash I'm John Goldman uh, You're listening to us on Radio Harbor Country WRHC 106.7 FM out of Three Oaks, Michigan and WRHZ 93.5 out of Sawyer, Michigan. We are underwritten by Harbor Country Hydroponics out of New Buffalo, Michigan. For everything you need to grow your own secret stash, we uh, have a really exciting show today. We uh, interviewed Iris Dement, who's playing at the Acorn Theater on Sunday, the 22nd. Um, I have our resident expert, Jen Weil, in the studio with me today. And uh, actually, Adam is not here today, so he didn't get a chance to talk with Iris, but uh, Jen and I did, and we're really excited to be able to play that uh, interview for you and extra excited to go see Iris on Sunday at the Acorn Theater. I'm going to play the rest of that song that we started listening to. It's uh, called Our Town and was basically the first song that she that she wrote when she was 25 all of a sudden she just started being able to write songs she talks about that very briefly um is that what your recollection is and I know in past interviews, Iris has said that uh, her family always let her know that people have a calling in life, and she said that she waited and waited, and nothing ever came to her. But then finally, uh, you know, after go- growing up in a house filled with music and being really inspired by her sister Faye's songwriting, um, her calling finally came to her, and she, she started writing, and she sure started off with a bang. And here it is, Our Town, Iris Dement. And you know the sun's setting fast And just like they say, nothing good ever lasts We'll go on now and kiss it goodbye But hold on to your lover cause your heart's bound to die Go on now and say goodbye to our town, to our town. Can't you see the sun setting down on our town, on our town? Good night. Up the street beside the red neon light, that's where I met my baby on one hot summer night. He was the tender and ordered a beer It's been 40 years and I'm still sitting here But you know the sun's setting fast And just like they say, nothing good ever lasts We'll go on now and kiss it goodbye But hold on to your lover cause your heart's bound to die Go on now and say goodbye Kiss. I've walked down Main Street, the cold morning mist. 
Over there is where I bought my first car It turned over once but then it never went far And I could see the sun setting fast And just like they say nothing good ever lasts Well go on now and kiss it goodbye But hold on to your lover cause your heart's bound to die Go on now and say goodbye to our town Sleep up the street beside the pretty brick wall. I bring them flowers about every day, but I just gotta cry when I think what they'd say. If they could see how the sun's setting fast, and just like they say, nothing good ever lasts. Well, go on now and kiss it goodbye, but hold on to your lover, cause your heart's bound to die. Go on now and say goodbye to our town, to our town. Can't you see the sun setting down on our town, on our town? Good night. Now I sit on the porch and watch the lightning bugs fly, but I can't see too good. I got tears in my eyes I'm leaving tomorrow But I don't want to go I love you my town You'll always live in my soul But I can see The sun setting fast And just like they say Nothing good ever lasts Well go on I gotta kiss you goodbye But I hold to my lover Cause my heart's about to die Go on now to my town, to my town. I can see the sun has gone down on my town, on my town. Good night. Good night. All right, that was that was Iris Dement, Our Town, her first song that she wrote. And um, again, I'm here with Jen Weil, expert on uh, Iris Dement and a big fan. Uh, we'll talk more about that, but I also wanted to get started with the interview with Iris Dement. And so here we go. Here's the first part of the interview with Iris Dement. Uh, hi, Iris. Uh, thanks for being on the show. We're really excited to have you Um coming to Harbor Country for the show on Sunday at the Acorn Theater and uh, very excited to have you on the in the virtual studio by telephone. Thanks for coming on. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, so you are uh, doing some different shows around the country at this time of the year. I think you're in Columbus before you come to... Um, 
to uh, Three Oaks, Michigan. Am, am I correct? You know, I'll uh, I'll play Columbus and Kent, and then come over to Three Oaks from Kent. Oh, terrific! So, um, so yeah, I'm doing a long weekend, and um, yeah, sounds good. I'll go over to Three Oaks. So, uh, you started out um, in uh, your first album came out in 1992, uh, and that was the um, infamous Angel album. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Um, where did you first become interested in music? Was that uh, growing up in your household? Yeah, you know, I don't, I couldn't tell you when I first became interested. And I don't even know if interested is the word that I would use. Um, music was, music was a part of uh, everyday life. Since as far back as I can remember, what kind of it music was just did you? Woven into everything, so it, it was just always present. And when I, you know, when I was twenty five, I, I finally started being able to write songs after wanting to since I was a kid, um, for reasons I can't uh, explain. I suddenly was able to start writing, and a whole new. Uh, door universe opened up for me and that's where all of this traveling around and playing for people came from and was but our town always been there yeah was our town the first song you wrote you know um i wrote maybe two songs before that like a few days maybe a week earlier that i i couldn't tell you a thing about they just it was just those were the you know i managed finally to make a verse and a chorus and put it together and then uh, within like a few days, here came the song Airtown. And so, yes, I call that my first song. It's the first one I can remember writing, and it's the first one worth remembering, I guess I might more accurately say. Yeah, it is a really beautiful song. Uh, and over the years, you've uh, written a number of songs, and I would I would think slightly different genres. Um, you know, some of them are, are straight-out country, and other ones seem to be more folk based uh what how would you define um your musical interests well you know that's an interesting thing i think maybe i shouldn't speak for other musicians i, I was about to but i wouldn't be surprised if this was true for a whole lot of people make music i i don't think like that i don't think um about what department this thing fits in you know, you just take everything that comes flooding into you, you know, as a human here on this earth, and, and it, you know, if you let it, it'll come out of you in some form or another. So it, it's, uh, you know, it's just everything that has, uh, that I've heard that has, that has affected me in ways that I wanted to, uh, keep, you know? Yeah, uh, when you're writing... It comes out how it comes out. I, I have never, ever sit down and think, what sort of song is this, you know? That's, sure. that's a business uh, question, yeah. <laughs> which I guess needs to be asked. I don't know, but I don't know. I don't go there. Yeah. Uh, when you're writing a song, does, do you, does the melody come first, and then the music you form around the melody, or does the, the uh, poetry you know, aspect I, come first? How does it come I, to you? I guess I'm finding that it must be a little unusual because a few, uh, more often than not, when I talk to people, they seem surprised by this. So 
so I'll have to go do my survey with more musicians, but I've never written lyrics. I'm, I've always, I just sit down, I start singing, or I'm just driving the car, start singing. You know, next thing you know, there's some line and some melody that just emerges and that grabs a hold of me and makes me want to keep working on it. Um, you know, I know a lot of people that are more poets. They sit down and they, they write uh, a lyric and um, and then the melody comes along for I've, I've never done that. I, in fact, I just can't even comprehend doing that. I don't know how somebody does that, but it happens every day. Oh, you you me, get new musical ideas each day? Playing and the things, you know, evolve and... and um, and what did you say? What did do you, you get? Ask? Do you get new musical ideas each day? Are you oh, always in the? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I probably answered that question. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's that no, no. There, there are a lot of days where um, that mu- music is not included. But, um, but yeah, I mean, a lot. I mean. I have a lot more uh, melodies and, uh, you know, and lots of pieces, a lot more pieces of songs than I have songs. So, yeah, those are always floating in. Not every day, but, you know. I hear you. One of my favorite songs that you do is the one with John Prine, In Spite of Ourselves. And I remember when I first heard it, I was just really blown away. And I thought, well, this is just terrific. You know, such a great duet and and fun and funny. Uh, was that something you wrote with John Prine as well? Is that one of his songs? Is that one of your songs? That is a song John wrote after he uh, had cancer, had a serious bout with cancer, and sure. you know, some of us weren't so sure if he was going to make it. And uh, he wrote that song just afterwards, and. Uh, I got a call from him. I don't remember exactly, you know, what we're talking weeks or months, but I know it was like one of the first things he did after, you know, he recovered um, from cancer. And, uh, yeah, he called me, asked if I would sing that song with him. And um, unlike you, I was a little taken aback by the lyrics. After I'd said yes, I read the lyrics and, uh, holy smoke, this, <laughs> is, this isn't my universe here. I couldn't imagine myself singing that stuff, but I loved John so much, and like everybody else, I'm so happy he, you know, come back from the dead. Of course I was going to sing it. So that was actually a hurdle in my life. I came out of the Pentecostal church, and I wasn't, um, you know, I mean, I'd, I was away from it, but not yeah. as far away from it as I thought. Right, right. But that was a long time ago. That was 20 years ago, and we sang that song hundred times or more and I love saying that song. People love that song. It's a good one. It makes people happy. Yeah. John's got that sixth sense. He knows what's gonna connect and you know, there it is. So All right, that was that was Iris and um really great to be able to chat with her directly. Um she seems just such a like a just such a sweet woman and i know that you've met jen you've met her in person um you know what uh, kind of interaction have you had with her over the years well i have been a long time john prine fan as uh 
there are quite a few of those out there, even more so these days. And Iris opened up for John, and that's how I became familiar with her. And um, I have just been blown away by her rawness and her sincerity, not just who she is as a person, but also also her talent. And I, I really feel like she's one of the most underrated songwriters and singers that we have in this country right now. So I've been thrilled that she's, you know, been able to be in Harbor Country. She'll be, as you know, at the Acorn Sunday, the 22nd. Um, so we've got a national treasure, you know, right here at our doorstep. Pretty yeah. exciting stuff. Yeah. Well, so we heard her talk about the John Prine duet she did in spite of ourselves. And uh, let's check that out. Here we go. She don't like her eggs all runny She thinks crossing her legs is funny She looks down her nose at money She gets it on like the Easter bunny She's my baby, I'm her honey I'm never gonna let her go He ain't got laid in a month of Sundays Caught him once and he was sniffing my undies He ain't too sharp but he gets things done Drinks his beer like it's oxygen But he's my baby And I'm his honey Never gonna let him go In spite of ourselves We'll end up sitting on a rainbow Against all odds Honey, we're the big door prize We're gonna spike Our noses right off of our faces there won't be nothing but big old hearts dancing in our eyes. She thinks all my jokes are corny Convict movies make her horny She likes ketchup on her scrambled eggs Swears like a sailor when she shaves her legs She takes a licking and keeps on ticking I'm never gonna let her go He's got more balls than a big brass monkey He's a whacked out weirdo and a love bug junkie Sly as a fox, crazy as a loon Payday comes and he's a howling at the moon But he's my baby, I don't mean maybe I'm never gonna let him go In spite of ourselves We'll end up sitting on a rainbow Against all odds Honey, we're the big door prize We're gonna spike Our noses right off of our faces there won't be nothing but big old hearts dancing in our eyes. In spite of ourselves, we'll end up a sitting on a rainbow. Against all odds, honey, we're the big door prize. 
but we're gonna spite our noses right off of our faces. There won't be nothing but big old hearts dancing in our eyes. There won't be nothing but big old hearts dancing in our eyes. In spite of ourselves. And that was John Prine with Iris Dement. And of course, Iris Dement is playing at the Acorn Theater on Sunday the 22nd. Uh, we're very excited for her to come to town. Uh, and we're playing the uh, the interview that we did with her. I have Jen Weil uh, in the studio with me. And Jen has had a broad experience with Iris over the years. When was the first time you actually saw her? Wow, that goes back to uh, probably the year that she did her concert with John Prine at the Old Town School of Folk Music. I know they played two nights in a row, and I went to both of the shows. Um, I know the concert went really well. Uh, I recall that it was chosen as one of the top ten concerts in Chicago that year, and that was really well-deserved. I love how she just doesn't uh, care so much about commercial success but really follows her heart. Um, she, you know, doesn't really crank out the CDs. You sometimes have to wait quite a while sure. for a new one to, to come out. But and I think her last one came out in 2014, right? Sing the Delta was uh, very, very well received. That's probably one of my favorites. And I also really enjoyed the Trackless Woods uh-huh. in and which she recorded Woods, all of she, the... She talks, uh, we'll hear her talking about that one. That's the one where she... Um, uh, got interested in Russian literature or poetry because of uh, her daughter, they, who her and her husband adopted from Russia. And as a result of um, you know, looking into kind of her where her daughter came from, essentially, she got interested in finding out more about uh, these various uh, artists and found these poems and uh, decided to put them to music. And that was trackless the trackless woods. And it's funny, too, because even Iris is a little bit baffled as to why Anna Akhmatova was such a kindred spirit of hers. But she just felt this drive and this calling to set the book of poems to to music. And she she said that it really like overtook her mind. Um, but that's one of my my favorite CDs as a, a fan. Great. Uh, you know She'll what? be performing some of those songs at the Acorn on Sunday night. Yeah, she did mention that. That's, that's going to be great. Well, let's listen to the rest of the interview and then come back and talk more about uh, um, Iris and um, uh, you know, some of the things that she's done over the years. Hi, Iris. I look forward to seeing your show at the Acorn Theater in Three Oaks on Sunday, the 22nd. Speaking of John Prine, he and some other very legendary performers like Johnny Cash and Merle Haggard are just a few of the people who hold you in great admiration. Um, John said that all you need to do is put your hand on your hip during Who Takes the Garbage Out and you evolved into Loretta Lynn. I know that in past interviews... No, you've... I, have to, I have to interrupt you. I can't make out what you're saying you sound far away okay i'm sorry I'll... so i'm sorry if you're going to ask me something i guess i'd better be tuned into it. i can get a bit of it but it's a lot of it like i didn't hear those last oh. sentences okay. i hate to do that but you sound really close john i do okay but um yeah can right. you hear me now iris speak. i can hear you all right i'll try to speak a little bit 
louder. Um, I was just saying that Merle Haggard, Johnny Cash, and John Prine, they're just a few of the legendary performers who hold you in great admiration. John said that all you had to do was put your hand on your hip during Who Takes the Garbage Out, and you evolved into Loretta Lynn. I know in past interviews you've said you don't always feel comfortable in the limelight. What goes through your head when such legendary performers sing your praises? Okay, John said what? He said that when you were singing, who, putting my hand on my hip? he said that when you were doing the duet, Who Takes the Garbage Out?, you put your hand on your hip, and you reminded him of Loretta Lynn, and he was afraid. He was afraid? <laughs> yes. Never. He said you transformed right into her, and I know that you hold her in high regard. So what goes through your head when you hear such legendary people singing your praises? You know, nothing goes through my head. I, it, I feel happy because I love John, and it makes me happy that he's talking about that we did something together that made him feel happy too I, I don't i don't think like that you know you get in there and you sing and you and you're trying to um express something and to lift each other up uh, you know who if i'm singing with somebody we're trying to lift each other up right and if i like them enough to sing with them pretty good chance that's going to happen You've had you know, when you're with the audience, I think of it the same way. The audience and me, we're all there for the same reason. We want to lift each other up. So that's how it is for me. I don't, you know, and I've, you know, it's 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 an honor and all that stuff, of course, to have people you admire to say good things about you. I mean, that yes. But when you're on stage, you're but, all singers. You're all musicians. Uh, you're all artists, and so y you don't. Uh, look at there's there's no hierarchy well i don't even think of it like that i i've yet to think of myself as a musician or artist i just think of myself as uh i don't even i don't know what i think of myself channel or maybe open my mouth and sing and hope that something gets somebody gets something out of it uh, wonderful <laughs> you know it's almost like uh I'm in a, I'm in the service profession. I, my friend Malcolm <laughs> says that he's got it right. You got something to offer, just uh, like what you're doing. You got something to offer. You put it out there, and you hope that somebody is the better for it. Irish, your collaborations with John have been so successful. Are there any other living singers that you would love to duet with that you've not yet sung with? You know, uh, are there any other people I'd like to sing with? Boy, um, I, I, I don't know. I just, um, I guess I can't name anybody right now. I see I, that you're planning to perform with John, John Prine, and uh, Nathaniel Rateliff uh, on New Year's Eve at the Opry House. Uh, have you have you sung with Nathaniel Rateliff in the past? I haven't. I just met him um, at that show, and I'm so out of the loop. I, have, to be honest, I'm like probably one of the few people on the planet that hadn't heard of him. So that was all a whole brand new thing. But they did a great show, and the crowd loved them. And I think they're going to be at that at the Dominican Republic here in November um, event I'm doing. Oh, that's so great! Crying a bunch of other people. So um, I look forward to hearing them again. Yeah, that sounds pretty nice. You no, know, I'm probably whole, sticking on these things too long, but you know, I was trying. I was thinking about what you said. Like, is it somebody I look forward to singing with? And when you said that, I 
I got to thinking about it. I don't think I've ever thought, you know, of a particular so-and-so and said I want to sing with them. It's more like um, the quality of a person. I think I'd like to, I'd like to know them and be with them. Because singing has to come out of that for me. It has to come out of right. some connection with that person. So I can't really say I, I hear a voice and say, dang, I want to sing with that. I, I don't know why. I probably should. But it's more like I pick up on a quality about a human and you don't even have to sing that good. You and me could probably do a duet and have a great time. <laughs> it's more like what's going on underneath there, you know. Do you feel at home with that person? Sure. And it seems like a very intimate so, thing to be able to sing uh, a song is. together. Yeah. And that would certainly explain your connection with Prine, because from what I've heard, he's a pretty decent human being. He's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Iris, do you have any plans in the near future to head back into the studio? Have you given thought to doing a follow-up to Trackless Woods? Or do you have anything else in the works? Oh, my. I, I had, I, whether I should have or not, I had to force myself to turn that off because I became so enthralled and emerged in Anna Akhmatova that, I, I mean, I literally had to sort of, interrupt my brain to shut that off. I felt like I could have spent the rest of my life just sitting all her poems to music and shows many hundreds. Just, I know that you've, uh, I I know that you have limited time. Can you tell us real quick uh, how you came about to create the music to accompany those poems? Um, Well, I you know, I don't know how the music ended up happening. I never do. But I, I do know that uh, it's pretty safe to say that it was my daughter who led me to Anna Akhmatova. My husband and I adopted our daughter from Russia, from Siberia, when she was six. She's 20 now. So I, you know, this world of Russianness um, was opened up to me through her. And then um, I started reading a lot of Russian literature and, you know, just trying to familiarize myself uh, with her culture, you know. And um, I, um, next thing you know, I, I, I'd come across Anna Akhmatova's poems, and it was kind of um, the, the explanation beyond that I can't provide because it was sort of like a, I don't know, a spiritual experience. I, I read a poem and I knew I was supposed to set her poems to music. And I started and I just got to about 18 and decided to make a record. But like I said, I just felt like I could have kept going. I, I felt so locked in. Yeah, that's that's her what world. Saying. But anyhow, I had to get back to my own and I did. Yeah. Uh, so, are, do you... Um are you planning to play any of her songs, uh, those songs, on um, oh, yeah. the, at the show at the Acorn on Sunday? Oh, yeah. Oh, great. Okay. Looking forward to that. Um, well, I, I know they had some limited time to talk with us. We really appreciate you coming on the show. Very much looking forward to seeing you on Sunday at the Acorn Theater in Three Oaks, Michigan. Safe travels, and uh, we very much look forward to seeing you. Well, I'm sure looking forward to being there. Thank you all for talking to me. Thank you. All right. Well, that was Iris Dement. Uh, who's playing Sunday at the Acorn Theater. Uh, we're all very excited to, to see her. Acorn Theater is in Three Oaks, Michigan. 
basically just down the street from where we're actually recording in the studio right now. And in the studio, I have Jen Weil, who is uh, a huge fan of Iris. Uh, when was the first time you met Iris? After attending shows, sometimes she would stick around and sign CDs, but I had a a connection with her that I think really illustrates, you know, what a great human being she is. Um, as a teacher of primary students, I focus a lot on the teaching of poetry, and I would use Iris's music, and actually some prime music as well, with my second grade students, and they wrote letters to Iris, which I delivered to her at one of her concerts. I believe I delivered uh, the first set of letters to her at Space in Evanston one year. And uh, lo and behold, several months later, uh, I got a big fat envelope in my school mailbox, and she had written not only a beautiful letter to me, but also a response to each one of the students that uh, wrote to her. So she really has, uh, I think, a great connection with children. I was really impressed by the way that she spoke to him. Um, I know in the past she said that she had given consideration to being a social worker, and I could really uh, sort of see that shine through through her writing to children. How did the kids respond? They must have been just oh, so excited. Oh, they were excited. thrilled. I mean, I've always tried to get them to understand that, you know, words have power, and so to have a real authentic you know, audience um, versus, you know, writing for some contrived reason meant a lot to them. And their music uh, really moved them as well. So is that you would listen to her songs in the classroom Yeah, in Veterans well? Day, we would uh, listen to There's a Wall in Washington. Um, I would always share her song, Morning Glory, um, which is, you know, beautiful. Uh, when I was teaching small moments, writing to, to my second graders, and it really struck a chord with them. Do they, um, have you done this with more than one classroom f- with your kids? Yes, but I this have. Is the I wish one. I would have started it earlier in my career when I realized the power that her music uh, had over them. Was that the first class that wrote poems to, or wrote letters to Iris? Uh, yes, it was. Okay, but um, have you done that with other classes? Yes, I oh, have. I okay. did it over the, I didn't want to keep bothering Iris <laughs> and sending her mail constantly. I was pretty tickled think that, you know, she even took the time to write to us that one time. But I I was glad to let her know that, you know, she really is making a a difference in the world. Oh, sure. I bet those kids, you know, have such a great, you know, that's the kind of thing that that's how you create fans, really, Um, just being responsive and and, uh, um, being uh, willing to open yourself up to something like that. But that seems like the kind of personality that she has. You're shaking your head. We're on the radio. I agree. That's right. (laughs) You can tell this is a new gig for me. (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was interesting in her interview. She talked about when we asked her about who she would dream of, you know, collaborating with, she talked about she really cares about the essence of a person. Right. And I think that her essence really shines through as well. Yeah. Uh, She has this rawness and sincerity about her that comes out through her music. And well, uh, definitely, and also in just talking with her, that that definitely came through. Um, and I thought it was interesting, you know. Here, I um, my experience of her was through her song with John Prine, the um, the one that we just played, in spite of ourselves. And it is kind of racy. It's kind of um, you know. I mean, she says the word balls, and and uh, there's you know talk of. Uh, you know, sort of general sex talk. And 
so it sounds like she was a little bit uncomfortable with that. Like well, right, when you give is, consideration to the fact that she grew up in a preacher's household, you know, you can yeah. understand why that was uh, something that maybe she had some reservations about at, at the get-go. Right. I think, though, like you, a lot of people were first introduced to Iris through John Prine, but then once people connected with her, they, you know, did a little bit She has just a, exploration. a very distinctive and... Um, and the kind of voice that just pulls you in in a warm way. You hear her voice and you sort of get this this feeling of, uh, oh, she'd be somebody that I'd, I'd like to be friends with, as opposed to, you know, being a, you know, kind of rough or, or having a distance. She really um, embraces the words that she sings, I think. I agree. And she seems to be very humble as yeah. well. That comes through her humility. Yeah, yeah. And she certainly has a distinct voice. I've never really heard anybody else that sounds too similar to her. Maybe a little bit of Loretta Lynn, Tammy Wynette, uh, some of that original her Carter singing, family, you know, mountain uh, right. country music. It, yeah, her singing voice definitely has more of a twang to it than her speaking voice. I was almost surprised that uh, she didn't have like a, a deep southern accent because that the way she sings, she kind of sings with a southern accent, especially that "In Spite of Ourselves" song. It's you can hear those Arkansas roots yeah, in her yeah. voice. That's well, for she's sure. probably doing that on purpose as part of the genre. But uh, as we heard her say, she's she's really genreless, and I, I almost I might have offended her even trying to uh, categorize her music. But it's. Uh, you know, there's that gospel aspect, and there's certainly the country aspect, and um, uh, but but also the the words that she has chosen in a lot of her earlier songs, especially had sort of a folkness to it. Um, and then you know the songs that she sings with John Prine, they they definitely uh, you know carry his folkiness um, as well. And I think that's why. You know, her fans never tire of going to her concerts because you never really know what you're going to get. They can range from having a lot of gospel music to Russian poems to a little bit of pop rock. Um, she's, she really is genreless. Uh-huh. You never know what she's going to do. It kind of depends on her mood. Well, that'll be interesting. Um, and I got to say, I have not seen her live, so I'm looking forward to that. I, I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen her live, but. Uh, what can we expect? Is she going to interact with the crowd, you think? I mean, in terms of talking, and or is she just going to play her songs and, and that, you know, what, what do you usually As far think? as her song list, I think it's a little bit hard to predict, but you can expect her wry sense of humor to come through. She has a very self-deprecating way uh-huh. of oh, handling fun. herself uh, and... Yeah, you'll need to just show up on Sunday with uh, the rest of us, and you'll you'll find out. You'll be in for a treat, though. I know that. All right, good. So um, that that album, Trackless, uh, Trackless Woods, Trackless Woods. I don't know why I keep is is Trackless Woods actually one of that Russian um, poets? Um, yes, those so are all the poems that she set to music. Okay, yeah. right, uh, but is is Trackless Woods? the name of one of the poems she said. And oh, that's the, the name of the track. CD. That's, that's the just, CD title. That's what yeah. Iris called it. And is it, all? It, had it been translated first, or uh, is it something that... Um, yes, most of the poems have been translated into different languages. Sure, so, okay. Yeah. Uh, do you know any history on the woman whose poems she 
put on trackless woods? Well, it's funny you should ask that because one of the questions that I wanted to ask Iris, but we didn't have enough time because I know she was getting to her next gig, um, is I wanted to know if she has ever given consideration to maybe going to a place like the Poetry Center at the Art Institute. Um, I don't know if you recall, John, but a couple of years ago, quite a few years ago, Natalie Merchant, who actually uh, did a duet with Michael Stipe of Let the Mystery Be, Uh um, which is a song Iris wrote. Um, she went to the Poetry Center, to the Poetry Foundation, and when she did uh, Leave Your Sleep, when she set poems to music for her daughter, Natalie actually gave a slideshow, and she gave the history of all of the poets, and then she would sing each song after she showed slides and talked a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. And I actually wrote Iris a letter uh, a year or so ago asking her to consider that so that we can learn more about Anna, who I know is her kindred spirit. So... I don't know, fingers crossed that she'll maybe consider yeah. my idea one of these days. That, that would be great. great. You know what? Uh, I do love that song, Let the Mystery Be. Uh, why don't we listen to that now and then come back and talk more about her? Here we go. Let the Mystery Be. Everybody is wondering what and where they all came from. Everybody is worrying about where they're going to go when the whole thing's done. But no one knows for certain, and so it's all the same to me. I think I'll just let the mystery be. Some say once gone, you're gone forever, and some say you're going to come back. Some say you rest in the arms of the Savior if in sinful ways you lack. Some say that they're coming back in a garden Bunch of carrots and little sweet peas I think I'll just let the mystery be Everybody is wondering what and where they all came from Everybody is worrying about where they're gonna go And the whole thing's done But no one knows for certain And so it's all the same to me just let the mystery be Let 
Let the Mystery Be, Iris Dement. What album is that off of? Do you remember? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I have a horrible memory. One of her earlier CDs. All right. Well, um, so she, um, she's been doing a lot of touring, I think, but uh, hasn't come out with an album in a couple of years. Uh, which one is your favorite album? Probably Sing the Delta. Oh, that is that, her last one, I believe. Yeah, that, that one really has, uh, you know, I can play that for hours on end over and over and over, and I just never seem to, to tire of it. It's got a lot of, uh, her lyrics, I think, really stem from personal experiences in that one. I, I really enjoy that. Some great songs. Yeah, and I, I, I know from just looking it up that uh, she was the youngest of 14 kids. I mean, that is a busy household and, you know, 14th kid, she she very well might have been, you know, left at the grocery store and stuff. I mean, you know. I'm sure that everybody had to chip in and I'm sure she did uh, her her fair share of work around the house, too. I know she was very, very close to her mom who just passed away a couple of years ago. And as you know, she's written quite a, a number of songs about her as well. What are some of the songs she wrote about her mom? Well, my mama's Opry is probably one of my my favorites. Uh huh. Which album is that one off of? <laughs> you don't listen. I have to. to it I they've like all blended together for me. Yeah, I gotcha. Well, so we were also phone, talking so. while the song was going that um, there's a, a, been a lot of things that she's done outside of just recording music that she appeared in uh, movies. Uh, you mentioned that she... Yeah, she had a bit part in a, a movie. And as you know, she's been nominated for two Grammy Awards. Right, right. Um, her her song, uh, My Life, was featured at the end of, uh, I think, season two of The Handmaid's Tale. Uh-huh. Uh, Leaning on Everlasting Arms, played at the end of the Coen Brothers film, True Grit. So slowly but surely, uh, she's getting out there a little bit more mainstream. Yeah. More and more people are hearing about Iris Dement. I know, but you know what? It's kind of nice when you're the only one who likes or knows about Iris Dement. You've got this sort of uh, ability to have a s- secret relationship in a way. Exactly. Um, and then you can go to those smaller venues yeah. and you can still get those front row center seats, yeah. which you, you can't do with uh, bands like the Stones anymore, right? You can, well, you can, but it's very expensive. Not in and, my circles. And, and they certainly don't uh, interact with uh, the crowd so i and i think i get the feeling that iris really does enjoy her her uh audience and is uh, happy to be interacting with the crowd and that's i think part of the reason that she came on the show she was you know just the the ability to be able to um you know talk about herself a little bit before actually being on uh, on the stage that was very yeah, nice. I, I agree to some degree, although it does seem like she has some tendencies to be a bit shy. And I think that singing is her calling and she has had to push herself outside of her comfort zone because when you're a singer, you know, people want to hear you sing and yeah. you've got to to perform. I don't know if she really loves being in the limelight, but I guess she's, you know, probably grown more accustomed to it over the years. And then you know, don't forget she's married to a pretty, you know, well-known songwriter and performer, Greg Brown. And so, you know, I'm sure that has helped as well, uh, you know, sharing uh, a life with somebody else who performs all the time as well. I'm sure that he's offered her some support. Yeah. Uh, I'm impressed that she's done so many duets with people. Um, we talked about John Prine. It sounds like she's saying with 
Johnny Cash at one time, or no? Well, you I know that she she has uh, sung some of his songs. Oh, okay. um, I've heard her perform I Still Miss Someone, which is a great rendition that she does. I'm not sure where I heard this and if there's just a kernel of truth to it or if the story's been embellished over the years, but I had heard that uh, Johnny Cash had asked to meet Iris because he considered her one of his favorite singers. And, and I heard, again, I don't know if this is true, we would have had to have asked Iris, that she was just too nervous and she didn't, she had held him in such high regard, she didn't want to be disappointed or let down if he wasn't as great as uh, she'd imagined. And so she declined meeting with him when she was sum- when she was summoned. So I don't know if that's just, you know, lore, um, yeah. but that, that was a story that I heard once. And Merle Haggard did pick her as his number one favorite singer, which is why I asked that, you know, question uh-huh. You know how how does it feel to be held in such high regard by by such legends, right, knowing right. her you know shyness? Yeah, and uh, in terms of duets, we talked about John Prine, of course, but Steve Earle, she did a duet with. Are you familiar with that version? I I don't think that I've heard that. I know that there are some CDs out there by other people, and she will sometimes do a guest track, and I've heard them over the years, but I'm not really familiar with them and and couldn't rattle uh, any off. I'll tell you somebody I'd like to hear her sing with. It's somebody else who sometimes opens for John Prine that I've just become familiar with. John Paul White. I think that they would do um, great, great work together. Oh, yeah. Well, I'd love to hear them hook up sometime. uh Maybe John can introduce them since he knows them both. Right. And, you know, what she was saying is that she really has to have a connection with the person. She's not going to just sing with them because they ask you know she she wants to be have a connection with the person before she will consider it and and then i guess that she, depending on that she'll have some priorities in terms of what kind of songs that she's willing to sing so yeah i was glad to hear that tonight i felt like uh, you and i kind of got a scoop because i haven't <laughs> heard her say that in an interview before that was very interesting to me that she's not really considering how uh, she will sound with someone else and she's not necessarily gravitating towards somebody just because she enjoys their singing, but it's really about, you know, their personality and, and their authenticity and who they are. And as I mentioned to her, when we spoke with her, uh, that certainly describes her connection with, with Prine. Well, let's listen to another, um, uh, duet that she does with John Prine, Mr. And Mrs. Used to be, have you heard this one? I have heard this one. You picked, picked a good one. Let's hear it. All right. Hold on. Let's get that ready to go. Uh, any idea which album this one's off of? <laughs> Just giving you a hard time. The Country Duets album. Okay. Uh, it's a prime CD. Yeah, I would imagine it. Uh, he wrote the song. And, uh, oh, no? I, th- they just did covers on that one. Oh, I, I see. Yep. Okay. All right. Here we go. <laughs> so I'm glad you're here. <laughs> All right. Uh, John Prine and um, Iris Dement. And Mr. and Miss used to be. Now we go our separate ways, Mr. and Mrs. used to be. For oh, so long I've loved you, and I know that you love me. Time moved on and we moved far apart It's not the way I want it But the judge has set you free Although you're still 
the first one in my heart I just don't understand it How people such as we Could know the love that we have known But somehow disagree I hope that you'll be happy Separate ways, Mr. and Mrs. used to be. At first, it was like heaven on earth for you and me. another good one yeah uh so we didn't talk to her about this but she's got a recent new uh newer label that she uh that's her label called flarella uh and i think a lot named of, after her mom is that that's mm-hmm. right it was named after her mom what was her mom's name F- uh flair Fiorella. oh okay I, i'm sorry i don't remember <laughs> you're putting me on the spot tonight, i am i'm John. like yeah. asking you all these questions and didn't make sure that you knew the answers before i asked you but um uh so let's um I understand you're um you're going to go so you talked about uh John Prine and and uh did you get a, ever get a chance to meet John Prine in person? Funny you should ask. Um just recently this past May Memorial Day weekend my husband and I uh headed to Madison to see him perform and the following day uh, we were walking around the lobby of one of Madison's finest hotels, and as fate would have it, the elevator doors opened, and he and his lovely wife, Fiona, um, stepped out. And to say I had a moment would be uh, an understatement. I think uh, yeah. John may- maybe thought I was having some sort of medical condition. I uh, <laughs> became very, very overcome with emotion because I've revered him for a long time, not just because of his talent as a songwriter, but I think um, just who he seems to be as as a person. Um, And I'd met him before, and I've seen him perform, oh my goodness, maybe 60, 70, 80 concerts. Yeah, big fan. But um, having that up close personal meeting with him. You're like a John Prine deadhead, basically. Yeah, exactly. Um, So he was lovely. Um, I'm not exactly sure what I 
blubbered or sad. <laughs> I remember introducing is my there, husband is as my wife. Or like I, I wish there was. Uh-huh. It would be all over uh, YouTube. But um, he was lovely. So you introduced your husband as, as your as wife? As my wife. Yeah, that's that's how shook up I was. But he was great and, um, well, you know, really like took time to, to talk with me. It was wonderful. Yeah, we actually spoke about Iris. I didn't mention that to oh, Iris. Yeah. But when I told him um, about the fact that I was an educator and how I had been sharing his music and her music with my students, they both um, raved about her and said that she was really a, a great human being. So I'm sure Iris knows that they feel that way about her. I know she stayed at their house before when they were recently uh, recording who takes the garbage, who's going to take the garbage out. So she is friendly with them, but they, they were singing her praises behind her back. Uh, very nice. All right. Well, uh, we are going to close out the show. You've been listening to Johnny's Secret Stash. I'm John Goldman. Uh, Adam Conley is, is uh, on hiatus today, uh, but we have a very special guest. Uh, I would call her an Iris Dement expert, Jen Weil. My husband uh, says I have Iris Dementia, so maybe he's <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Um, uh, you're listening to Radio Harbor Country, 106.7 FM, WRHC, and 93.5 FM, WRHZ, out of Three Oaks, Michigan, and uh, Sawyer, Michigan. We uh, had a wonderful opportunity to talk with Iris Dement today. Iris is playing this Sunday, September 22nd, at the Acorn Theater, one of my favorite spots, by the way. I mean, I talk about this all the time, but uh, the Acorn Theater just is such a such a, um, I mean, we're so lucky to have it in our midst because these terrific artists come through town, maybe on their way from Chicago to Detroit or, uh, you know, on the way to Grand Rapids, maybe they have an extra night and, and we are so fortunate to be able to get them into this theater, which holds like 260, 270 people. I was people. just going to say that, John, there's really not a bad seat in the house. Oh, there's absolutely not a bad seat in the house. You don't, people like to get there early and get good seats, but I, I, I never worry about that. There, wherever you sit there, you can hear and see everything, and the sound is great. And then I think because people go there not to have a drink and chit chat, but actually to listen to the music that, you know, the artists themselves just absolutely love playing there. Uh, and that keeps them coming back every year. You know, they ask to come back. So fortunately, uh, Iris is playing on Sunday. It's going to be terrific. And uh, close out the show, I'm going to play uh, the, her song, My Life, which uh, apparently was on the TV show Northern Exposure. Remember that show uh, about the little Didn't town of Alaska? Didn't catch that one. Oh, it was <laughs> But a I've great heard show. of it, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, really funky little show so this song is actually on that show and uh iris dement two-time grammy nominee uh, has uh done all these terrific things and got to uh, do a couple duets with john prine over the years and highly regarded by many in the industry uh, really looking forward to seeing her and here she is my life good night everybody I
this world I feel so Give comfort to my friends when they.